Monday Night Raw podcast in the shadows, but the damn thing, WWE. Paul Heyman come out on Raw last night with the beast in the bank holding on to the briefcase like it's a boombox. Pretty, pretty good stuff. I just like the character development. It seems to me that while Brock Lesnar is around, he's going to be playing uh, at least more of a role in the times where he is around. We know he's clearly a very busy man doing all of the things that he does, but um, yeah, it was good. So he came out, you know, opened his segment, Paul Heyman talking for him and you know, just making it known like he could cash in at any time. It's very good stuff to keep people engaged in the product. I think, uh, like I said yesterday, it was a good call by Mr. McMahon to, uh, you know, try to cover the bases as far as keeping the show interesting and engaging. So it's, uh, it was good stuff. We definitely know that Brock is a, a threat factor, you know, he has a threat factor that's very high to either the United States champion, or, excuse me, the, the WWE champion or the Universal champion, pardon me, we'll get into the United States championship in a little bit, but, um, you know, this brings out Seth, this brings out Kofi, uh, respectively, as Paul Heyman was, you know, making reference to them, and Seth was ready to throw down in that moment. Kofi was prepared to do the same, you know. I'm, I'm gonna speak on this briefly, like uh, just because I'm not, I'm not huge on it. But you know, you, it's a television show that we have to keep people interested in. So okay, I'm not a huge fan of the not random cashing, you know. Like we thought that we would be able to see, you know, Brock pop up. At a surprising time on WWE TV, and then you know, shock us all with uh, you know just who he's in the cash in, how he goes about it. We know a long time ago, uh, the Beast in the East. I think that was you know Brock Lesnar took on Kofi, and the one thing I've ever seen in that matchup was the greatest German suplex I've ever seen Brock pull off. You know, it's. Uh, it is what it is when it comes to that, but we'll just uh, we'll see who he decides to cash in on. The the internet's running theory is gonna well, is that it's gonna be Seth Rollins because you know Brock was in my in my opinion I think he was pretty synonymous with the Universal Heavyweight Championship. I'd even go as far back as saying yeah, there's a form of possession that goes into you know, the energy of the Universal Championship that not everyone can handle. You know, Seth has shown that he's been a little more uh, cocky at times, you know, even having someone like AJ Styles, uh, you know, seeing past his ego and having his hand out for a hearty handshake in respect as a sportsman and Seth still throwing the championship over you know over his head and saying yeah yo I'm the champion but I don't you know it's competition right it's healthy competition but this is just an idea that you know definitely goes into you know just what it all is when it comes to just the universal championship in and of itself so I can understand if you know Brock Lesnar were to cash in the universal championship but this isn't to take away from the prestige of the WWE uh, championship because 
you know, him and Kofi have had the match. We've seen Kofi uh, on a different level recently and taking on the Beast Incarnate now. Oh, man. I'm, you look at Brock Lesnar and you look at Kofi Kingston and you think about what Brock Lesnar thinks about whether or not he could beat Kofi Kingston. And I think it's pretty obvious how Brock Lesnar would feel about it. You know, Kofi openly wants to go to Suplex City. And I, uh, I mean, hey, if you want to cement your legacy as the fighting champion, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to live up to when you're, you know, the first African-born WWE champion. You know, you don't want to make this championship run, this title run, a fluke. You don't want it to, you know, look weak. And right now, out of storyline, I think WWE is doing an excellent job with, uh, you know, showing Kofi Kingston in this light. So, uh, that was the opening segment. We, I think we, we, we oh, like fast forward, raw recap. We're going to get a uh, tag team matchup later on with Seth and Kofi taking on Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. So, and that was what that led to. And they went to Triple H to find out. You know what the deal was so he told him that was what it was gonna be and now we have our main event set up and the entire time whilst we're waiting for the main event to happen the beast in the bank will be lurking so the entire episode everyone had the uh the anticipation of wondering whether or not Brock Lesnar was going to decide to cash in because he could at any moment. Like right now, like 24-7, anytime he feels like it. Wait a minute, 24-7, anytime one feels like it. That sounds like the championship that came up uh, last night because uh, they were talking about it at Extreme Rules. I like how it was something that we just didn't. No one had an idea of what it was. Everyone was scrambling throughout the entire day online on the dirt sheets to try to find out uh, what was going on, what it was going to be. And we did find out later on, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But all in all, I think it was a very fun opening segment of Monday Night Raw. It was uh, good stuff, and it progressed the heavyweight championships and the storylines attached to them. I don't really know what we're doing with the brand split. I think uh, Vince McMahon is trying to eradicate them, but... Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It looks like a long-term plan is to get rid of the brand split, you know, for as far as Raw SmackDown goes, but then we'd have to merge the championships. I don't really know what the plan is when it comes to it, but, uh, hey, if it's to get people, we'll get more people engaged in the product, then I'm all for that idea. I guess, you know, like, we'll just see how it all continues to play out in these coming weeks. All right, so they're saying that Braun Strowman did not ambush Sami Zayn at Money in the Bank on Sunday. So who was it? Exactly what we want to find out, and we'll continue to see how this all unfolds throughout, uh, you know, the coming episodes. Either way... Uh, Braun Strowman, Sami Zayn went at it. This turned into a, you know, brawl around the arena. Huge beat up from Braun. Braun was just kicking ass. We know how that goes. I'm not even mad at it. You know, Sami Zayn was scared. We had the hilarious uh, shot backstage of Braun just staring angrily into the camera. Such 
comedy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, uh, Sami Zayn tried to run from Braun. Braun caught up with him. And Sami Zayn was begging Bobby Lashley to help him. Bobby Lashley and uh, Sami Zayn have not had the best uh, history together with, um, you know, just uh, Bobby Lashley having to see his sisters and Sami Zayn trying to put him through, like, the basic training and all of that. You know, the old storyline that those two had, you know, and running away, getting vitiligo from a a long, long, long delayed uh, vertical suplex. You know, these small things, it's storyline continuity in a way. And Bobby Lashley was not trying to help him, obviously. So, whatever. The critic of the critics, quote unquote, is uh, running away from the monster among men. And what happened when uh, Braun caught him? He gave him running power slam, picked up the quick, easy one, two, three victory. So, that's good stuff. Maybe it's a blow-off, maybe it's not. We'll just see how it all goes. Well, I mean, maybe a blow-off between Braun and Sammy, but we'll see uh, how it goes throughout the weeks. You know, it could be Bray, it could be Alistair Black on the wild card, but who knows? We'll just uh, see how it all plays out. All right, Lars Sullivan, the freak, uh, last night at Money in the Bank. Well, excuse me, two nights ago at Money in the Bank on Sunday. It was... Um, you know, he beat up the Lucha House Party. He uh, he did get busted open briefly. It wasn't a headbutt. I thought it was a punch from Kalisto and then went and said fine it was a headbutt because he had the little spikes on him. But it definitely turned out to be one of the punches or an elbow or something like that. Hey, it is what it is. Um, Kalisto and the, the Lucha House Party got a couple of hits in on him, or on Lars on Raw, but Lars ultimately was able to pick up the victory. He was actually going to get interviewed by Charlie Caruso, but then these guys came out and tried to beat him up because they were still upset. I, you know, not mad. It was a good segment the way it was supposed to go. Lars was, you know, being uh, showcased in the way that we all know him for, and People do want to hear how he gets on the mic or hear what he got on the mic. And uh, that was definitely thwarted last night by the Lucha House Party, who uh, had to learn not to uh, interrupt him. Because even in a three-on-one environment, it's not going to be enough. Well, we'll, we'll just have to see continuously, you know, if uh, somebody's going to be able to stand up to the freak, Lars Sullivan. I still say we need about five, ten people. And then maybe even he still picks up the win, but, you know, he's pissing him off. So all the people that he's beating up and nobody's trying to get any come up and so on. I'm like, he's really being built as a monster. So it's, uh, he got hit a couple of times and he didn't fall down. You know, so it's a good look for Lars. And, I'm, hey, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's what it's supposed to be as we get through the evening overall. So it's a good segment, good showcase. Well, another one of those moments where I'm not too sure what was recorded last. I'm going to hope that it was the Lars Sullivan uh, and Lucha House Party stuff. If not, please go and watch the show and enjoy that segment for what it was. Moving forward, we had Ricochet taking on Cesaro next. 
in a match where Ricochet, uh, you know, he didn't pick up the victory. Cesaro did. But for me, as one sitting in the WWE universe, I'm just thankful because I saw these two both in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Even though uh, Cesaro was the only well, one that wasn't, the fact that they still were able to get in there and show off, you know, each other's skills was very, very good stuff. Cesaro, I think, had the experience was what the story, you know, said mostly there. Like, he's been in the ring a little longer than Ricochet. Don't want to see Ricochet take losses, but, you know, it's uh, one of those, you know, on the main roster things. Cesaro got a new song. That's not bad. Some people complaining about the graphic and uh, the music being so cliche and stuff. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I think... I don't think it's bad. I, I'm, I'm, I think Cesaro could do the poses, you know, come out, hit a pose. Like, look, man, we all love the ball. We glad that Foley was in the building. It was nice to see that he was able to bring us a longstanding tag team that is definitely going down as one of the greatest tag teams in the modern era. Maybe I would say top 10, you know, in the modern era of tag teams. And we've had a nice couple in the past couple of years. So... Well, a nice amount in the past couple of years. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Cesaro could come out, do some new stuff with the new pose. He got the new track and the new graphic. You know, it's, uh, you know, throw the, throw the bar thumb out, I guess. But at the same time, we see so many other superstars come out, stop, pose, do something, you know. And then that's that. So you want to get more relatable or you want to just get in more with the crowd then yeah you gotta do the stuff that everyone else is doing you know so it's a lot of superstars that come out bust their pose and Ronda Rousey even talked about it you know uh, hitting my cues and my poses or something like that but yeah I would be I definitely can see Cesaro uh getting to the next level with really having an awesome entrance not saying it has to happen like next week or the next time we see him or something like that but that's just uh me humbly throwing in my little paper into the uh, suggestion box. It doesn't need to be listened to at all, but um, it's uh, that's just, you know, my idea. Not even critiquing, just, uh, you know, trying to add a suggestion. But either way, uh, Cesaro hit Ricochet with a huge uppercut, hit him directly in the chest, and that was what was able to set him up for the Gotch Neutralizer. And uh, it was a good match. Cesaro picked up the victory. And Ricochet doesn't look weak in defeat, in my opinion. So uh, that was that. Let's get on into the next one. Roman and Cesaro. I mean, Roman and Shane. Uh, went at it. Well, not went at it, but they uh, got out there on the microphone. And it's uh, uh, good stuff. You know, Shane says he's done with the Miz. And now it's going to be him and Roman at uh, Super Showdown, Saudi Mania, out in Jeddah on June 7th, streaming live on the WWE Network. I'm, um, I don't really have too much of an opinion about the Saudi shows. I did, and it's not even bad opinions, you know. I just think that the best thing we can do is hope that storylines do continue. We're going to have a lot of good matches. The show is being stacked to be 
an awesome show. Goldberg is returning, and that's just one simple idea of what type of awesomeness we're going to potentially see out there at Super Showdown. So, um, you know, pardon me. So many nasties on the road, you know, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's almost uh, depressing at times to see how these people uh, decide to get just impatient. But whatever. Uh, Shano, the best in the world, is going to be taking on Rome at Super Showdown in a couple of weeks. It says he's finished up with the Miz. Get backstage. Miz says he ain't done with him. But guess what? Shane has a bodyguard now in Drew McIntyre. So if Shane said he's done and Drew's saying they're done, then it's looking like they finished up. This sets up a tag team match between uh, Drew and the Miz later on in the evening. And hey, not bad. I think it's good to have Shane with a bodyguard, have one that with a bodyguard that actually makes sense. And then it's still other people that, you know, Shane is affiliated with. So he can definitely, uh, you know, have... You know, you could you could almost make a new crew with this. I I like it. Other people might be a little mad or whatever, or not liking the, how often Shane is showcased. But I mean, he's the boss's son. Come on now, it, it could be a, it is it's good stuff, man. I don't care if you don't like it. I think it's hilarious. I'm gonna continue to say it. I like how it's going. You know the 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 way it's going. You know, if somebody wants. Some people want to see Shane get, you know, somebody wants to get come up it's on Shane. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any words on it at all. I just like seeing how the story unfolds. Uh, it, it's just funny stuff. You know, like I, I like Shane doing his thing. He was going for that. Uh, he was going to go for coast to coast, but didn't do it. I think Roman came down for the save on him when uh, Drew and Miz did end up having a match. But um, ultimately, I believe in. Miz was a, I mean, I believe Drew a was able to pick up that victory off the Claymore. So it was good stuff and it progresses the match. I guess we're going to have a little bit of the storyline continuing at uh, the show in Jeddah in a couple of weeks. So we'll just see how it all plays out. Match of the night, match of the night, match of the night. The Usos versus the Revival. It was awesome. Great matchup between the two. I've been talking for months about how I respect the elite level tag team wrestling or tag team sports entertainment. However, we gonna call it the tag team action, whatever you wanna call it. The revival came with it. Yeah, they took their embarrassments, they took their lumps, they took that shit straight to the chin. Part of my PG. But look, man, it is they were good in there. And the Usos clearly one of the best tag teams in the world right now. Highly regarded, highly respected. So to see all four of these gentlemen go in there and really be able to put on the show the way they did last night, you know? You could see the growth in the Usos because there was a time where even I was looking at them like, all right, they're just a standard tag team. But now you're starting to see a little bit more. My favorite moment was the gather. It was a tag into the ring, double super kicks and stereo. But the way one of the Usos gathered and the other twin was just right, just synced up with his brother. And they both hit the super kicks at the same time. It was awesome stuff. The tope is going outside and just the sequence of all of it, it was just really, really good. Had one of the revival members do like the little bulldog outside off of the barricade. Man, it, the, the, the match had highlights. It was a lot of false finishes, but it didn't feel like the manufactured false finish. It was good, 
good stuff from both teams. Right now, everyone on the internet, you know, they're, I th- I'm going to continue to say a lot of them are entitled infants. So they're looking for like love at first sight when they're seeing some of these matches and how some of this stuff is building. I'll give a very, well, a fairly intricate example. Right now, because the tag team championships are not being showcased, it's like, oh no, why are these guys having this match that means nothing? No, no, it means something. It's building the tag division. So stop acting like it's, it's fun. And it doesn't necessarily need to have the tag team championships just yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all good. We get to that. We got two tag teams. Again, all right, maybe. So now the next step could be, could be uh, Hawkins and Ryder having to show and prove that they're good enough to remain the tag team champions leading into next week. Or leading into whenever they do have to defend the championships. Because right now, everyone is looking at Hawkins and Ryder like the joke champions. Hawkins is able to, was just able to pick up a victory by the skin of his teeth. And Ryder, man, where has he been? And where is he going? So, you know, everyone has to step up sometimes. And I think that Hawkins and Ryder can do it. Just off the mere fact that they were able to pick up that victory. But the competition that they're going to be going against ain't no... Ain't, how, did, uh, how did Corey Graves say it last night? It's nothing to roll your eyes at. Match of the night. Match of the night. Match of the night. Usos revival. Let's see more of it, but let's not get it... Uh, let's not oversaturate it, please, Mr. McMahon. But it was great stuff. Shouts to the revival. They, man, they could take it on the chin, man. And shouts to the Usos for, for showing that they're not just a normal tag team. I really enjoyed that match. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. It was a great story that was told, and it was awesome athleticism from all four sides. This is exactly what everyone has been wanting to see out of the revival. We already knew the Usos could do that. But the revival not only can be hilarious, but they could throw down in the ring. And, man... This is a long way from Lucha House Rules. So, shouts to them for that, man. That was, And thank you, Mr. McMahon, for booking it like that, if we're going to call it. Thank you for, to the creative team for booking it like that also. Because it's not just Mr. McMahon. I know that. All right. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch was on a moment of bliss with Alexa and Nikki Cross. Talking about, uh, you know, the women's championship, how she lost. This brings out Lacey. You know, everyone looked good. This all leads into a, a six-woman tag team match between them and the Iconics. Lacey and the Iconics taking on uh, Becky Lynch, Nikki Cross, and Alexa. I said it, and Alexa Bliss, yes. So, well, Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss sound alike in a way. But either way, uh, it was a good match. We saw... Becky do most of the work showing that she's the man. So she came through, definitely kicked a lot of the ass or the last, if you will. I'd like the, the I liked it. I know that Becky's extremely capable, you know, so it's just seeing what how she's able to continue to show that she's capable or whatever the the storyline is given to her in the moment. I think that one of my favorite moves off that match was Becky's leg drop. It just looked like a clean leg drop. Uh, 
just good moments. The Iconics were hilarious on microphone. People, again, with the entitlement, I think they're looking for that love at first sight feeling. And, and it's taken a couple of weeks for them to warm up to the Iconics. But now it's starting to be really, really good stuff with the Iconics on microphone. Great line from Becky talking about how she's defended the championships way more times than they have since they became champions and she could become Becky three belts and all that. I wouldn't even put it past her just off the way that she gets, you know, just the way her matches go. But all in all, very, very good stuff. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. And uh, Alexa Bliss, I, I'm not even going to try to go in the storyline. I just hope that her, her situation with the injury works itself out. I don't want... Like, we all know that Bliss was a, a favorite, you know? So, I, she's still one of my favorites. I, I enjoy her doing the talk show. The talk show was received fairly well from a lot of people last night. Lacey Evans is... Man, look, I, we can sit here and talk for the rest of the day about the women's division. But right now, I think the Raw women's division is doing what they can to definitely start shaping up and showing that they can contend just as much. So that was our sole women's segment for the evening. We had a segment, and then we had a match. Good stuff, you know. And I believe we got into the 24-7 championship next. Yep, 24-7 title. Mick Foley came out to introduce it. This is uh, hardcore title two, <laughs> uh, the sequel. But no, it's green and gold. Don't be mad. Y'all want to be mad? You know what? Y'all are all entitled. Uh, I like the the concept behind it. I respect the concept behind it. I think that uh, anytime there's an official on deck, the the title could change hands. The third hour raw has a different look to it. It's got a little bit more of a dark and gritty feel that black and white and red and inverse and all that like it's just it's good stuff and we might be getting to see a little bit more of a, a edgier product in the third hour exclusively not just getting the champ the 24 7 championship defended in that third hour exclusively i think that could be a running thing throughout the entire night we this is this is fun stuff. It's good stuff. You had the chasing around. That was the feel. But at the same time, it could really get really, really good. I would like to see not just the underutilized talents trying to get that championship. I would like to see... Uh, hmm. I don't want to start saying superstar names. I just want to see other superstars try to go for it. And it's across all of the touring brands, except for NXT UK for obvious reasons. But um, I think that we could really get some good stuff. If we got some mid-carters and utilized talent to even maybe go for it and say, all right, no, nah, that's just too crazy. I'm not messing with this. Y'all have fun with it. I'll jump on when I can. Or I'll jump in and get my pin when I feel like it is. It's so many directions that it can go and keep the, the product interesting and fun. So it's it was a good way to keep people engaged in the third hour. Titus won. Robert Rue run was on the run from everyone. And our uh, truth was able to hide him in the trunk. But that was all the ploy because he had a referee with him. And he was able to get the quick roll-up victory. It was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it a lot. 24-7 championship. Welcome to Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live at NXT and 
you know, we're just going to see how it all plays. But it's very, very, very funny stuff, man. I enjoy it a lot. All right. So Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley took on Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston in the uh, main event of the evening. Very fun match. Good stuff. Brock Lesnar was looming the entire time. Brock's still here! Was my favorite line from uh, Cole before they went on commercial. <laughs> it made me chuckle to myself. Um, it was a very, very, very uh, good tag team match. Standard stuff. It was good to see everybody do their thing. You know, everyone had their moments. Corbin got kicked in the face uh, with Kofi's finishing maneuver and was... Uh, pinned one two three but then Bobby Lashley out of nowhere Roland Spears great stuff and this brought out the beast the money and well the beast in the bank came on out and he circled the ring and you know made it very very clear that at any moment's notice he will cash in but Paul Lesnar Paul Lesnar Paul Heyman uh said to Brock, let's save it for next week and let him know who we're cashing in on. And that was the end of the evening. Good show. I'm not a huge fan. This is the same thing that this is the same way it happened last year with Braun, with saying who he was going to cash in on, well, how he was going to cash in and when he was going to do it. So it's just a little, mm. but at the same time, there are a lot of other things that are coming up. And honestly, with this with this happening like that last night and the show playing out the way it did i'm just excited to see brock get back in there and perform now you know we haven't seen him in a little while and he looks like he's having more fun as he's out there we know he's still clearly the beast it was moments where brock was looking well brock and seth had that stare down and man you know brock is literally a he's he's not human you know like from somebody that respects that energy, I know that Brock ain't human. And it's just like, whew, like the wrong person would be really intimidated. Me, I, I know about uh, uh, one's one being a great, like who's, are you trying to go back and look at the stare down between Brock and Seth. Seth wasn't showing no fear after about a second or two, but Brock, it was like, oh shit, Brock is serious. Part of my language, but it's like, oh man, Brock is serious. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put the real face on for this one, you know. And it was very, very, very compelling stuff. We know that you know nothing was gonna happen. I respect the way Seth pushed Brock because Brock is fairly unstable seeming. So it's just like. It was just good stuff. Like, oh my God, is Brock going to kill him now? You know, like I, I really, really enjoyed uh, just the the attempts at altering the emotion. You know, really delivering the fear or the like the the word choice and paranoia and and conspiracy theory. Like these are hot button words that are definitely popping on the internet right now. And you know, I, I I just I just understand where, you know, that idea is coming from. We're just making the television show that much more engaging and compelling. So, Brock and Kofi, just have your heads on the swivel, man. That's all I. That's the only advice I would give, and I don't really give out advice at all because I can't give out any. But 
All in all, good stuff, good show, good performance from all of the characters attached to it. Thank you for Anthony. Uh, thank you to Anthony B over at WWE Digital for aiding us in this. He's one of the folks that bring you uh, the pot, well, helping bring you the podcast each and every week. So, with all of that, I will catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Peace out and one love.